buried beneath the rubble of time are stories of God's sovereign hand moving in our great nation. Many believers, hopeless, frustrated, and confused, have all but given up on America. But we have faced dark times before, and by divine providence, overcome. From our studio on Capitol Hill, I'm your host, Brad Wells, with Pastor Mike Creed, Joe Kirby, and Andrew Friedenstein. Most would risk their life for their friend, but would you risk your life for your enemy? Take a moment with us to look back and find hope from history. So on December 14th, 1862. That's a great day. That's my birthday, December 14th. 1862? Not 1862. That's actually another great day. That is my anniversary. And so now that you brought up your birthday, I have to bring that up. So yeah, I didn't even know that. Pastor Creed married us on his birthday, and uh, he told us afterwards. So I always remember, I'm such a good uh, 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 church member. member. I remember always remember my pastor's pastor's birthday. So I'm so spiritual. Let's get back to Have you story. ever given him a present but forgot your wife's present? No. Okay, that would be... Yeah, I think I've only given him one present anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and it was mainly for his wife. Hey, go on a date with your Do wife. Do you realize the subject here is um, giving your life for a friend and risking your life for an enemy? And you know what you're bringing up here, your pastor and your marriage and all this sort of stuff. So let's get back to 1800s. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's get out of the present. So December 14th, 1862, during the Battle of Fredericksburg, Richard Kirkland risked his life to comfort soldiers who lay wounded in front of Mary's Heights. Now, what makes Kirkland's story so unusual and compelling is that he risked his life to help his friends, but also his enemies, right? He grew up in South Carolina in a God-fearing family, went to Flat Rock Baptist Church. I what a love name. that. Flat That's Rock. a great name, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, he, he always wanted to be a soldier, they say, and they were right. enamored with being a soldier, yeah. um, mm-hmm. representing the Confederates. And literally, he had come to a place where he'd been through many battles, enjoying walking into a town and people giving him food and sure. slapping him on the shoulder. And yeah. And, you know, hip, hip, hurrah, but now... He was the hero. He was the warrior, but... Things were wearing off. The yeah. shiny was gone. Yeah, well, he was there at the very beginning. The Battle of Bull Run, the first major conflict of the Civil War. Yeah. And he uh, is in battle after battle after battle. And this guy, Richard Kirkland, he's just an average guy. Five foot eight, about 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. Nothing big or glamorous about him. And now right. that he's experiencing the horrors of war, mm-hmm. he's realizing, oh, this isn't glamorous at all. I mean, this is, this is tough. What we really remember Kirkland for is what he did at the Battle of Fredericksburg at Mary's Heights. And at the Battle of Fredericksburg, it, it, it literally takes place on a sunken road there, there at the uh, foot of Mary's Heights. The road is it's amazing if you go to a website and you take a tour, a virtual tour, or whether you go to Fredericksburg, this road is literally sunken down, and the, and the sod is up almost to the top of the walls. And uh, these soldiers were able to just get down in the sunken road and shoot over the wall. The south, the Confederates were shooting over the wall, 
four different times the Union soldiers came across that field. It was a gory battle because over 8,000 soldiers from the Union, um, there were many killed, but over 8,000 were w- at least wounded, and they lay all over the battlefield moaning, and, and the South, the Confederates, only lost about 1,000 men in this whole battle. But um, I, I looked at this and, and started studying this, and it's an amazing situation as the South is just all they have to do is shoot, reload, let somebody else step up to the wall, and, and right. the Union just keeps on coming mm-hmm. back. They just keep coming yeah. back. That, stalls, that wall is just impenetrable. And one guy read uh, another soldier's account, and he was saying that there were so many Union soldiers that were dead, they kind of formed the dead bodies or the wounded bodies formed a barrier, another like wall, a, another wall right. that Union soldiers would have to to you know climb over almost, and you know the Confederate soldiers just behind a brick wall, um, and of course you know back then they marched in these big straight lines, and so the Union soldiers were just is just easy pickings. Um, in fact, one Confederate soldier is writing down that he he was uh, something to the effect that he was wishing that they would stop, because sure. he almost felt guilty. He said, "This is this isn't a real fight." This is just a massacre. Um, and he just wished that they would stop attacking uh, because of, of just what they were seeing out in front of them. Just massive carnage. Yes, yes. And it's and these are Americans, and their blood is being spilt, and, and our young men are just being distraught. Yeah. You know, back then we saw each other. They had different sides and different ideologies, but they were still Americans. They were still brothers. They still had a kinship there. And although both sides wanted to win, neither side really wanted to, for the most part, I mean, you have some. Destroy but, the yeah, other. They weren't looking to destroy the other. They were yeah. just looking to preserve, as far as the Confederates, they just wanted to preserve you know, what they thought were, was their rights. And so now, here they are, the Confederates are behind the wall, and there's bodies between them, and then the Union are on the other side. It's almost quiet, but all of a sudden you start hearing the voices of people crying out. Right. For water, the sun mm-hmm. comes up there. They're laying there all night, and the sun comes up, and uh, they're hot and they're crying. Uh, I heard one, I read one account of a guy that a uh, soldier that yelled, uh, "If my brothers won't bring me water, would my enemy bring me water?" Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so it's a it's a vivid picture wow. all over the place. Bodies strewn, men still alive, but but needing help. And that's yeah. where Richard Kirkland comes in. Is he hears this, and he just says, "I've got to do something." So he goes to his commanding general, uh, General Kernshaw, and says, "General, can I take a bunch of canteens, go unarmed over the wall?" Mm-hmm. High risk, high risk. Yeah, and you know, give water to these soldiers. And most of the people out there were all Union, the Confederates injured were behind the wall and they had that sunken right. road so they were well protected well taken care they of they could be evacuated immediately exactly um union soldiers couldn't be if they tried to get out to that field they'd just get shot kind of the you know when nobody was moving the field uh the union soldiers had a spot that they um you know could hide so to speak you know be out of the way line of fire but obviously the confederates had the wall but anyone that came out of either side i mean boom we got shot at. Right. And so General Kershaw tells Kirkland, hey, you go over that wall, man. You're a dead man. Yeah. I mean, they're just going to shoot you. you know, Retaliation. What you're, they're, they're, exactly. they're wounded. They're fierce. Exactly. And they're not going to think to themselves, oh, this guy must be giving them water to drink. That's just right. not what something that people did. 
yeah. especially for the uh, for your other side. And so Kirkland said, I n- understand the risk. I want to go for it. Mm-hmm. And the general looked at him and he said, well, in essence, you're, you're probably going to go to your death. But what you're saying is so noble, I'm just going to let you go do it. So Kirkland gets about five canteens, jumps over the wall. He starts to walk away. He goes back to that. He goes back to his commander and asks him what. Oh, yeah. Well, he asks him, hey, uh, you know what you're saying is, right? Is there any way I can do it with a white flag? Right. Flag of truce. Uh And the General Kershaw says. So he started out without the white flag. He's just going to go over the wall. Yeah. But before he went over the wall, he goes back to General and says, wait a second. Can I get a white flag? (laughs) And uh, something I did not know uh, as I was reading through this is the General told him no. And not because he didn't want to. The general said only the commanding officer of the entire uh, ah. forces, entire Confederate forces, uh, General Lee, only he could give the approval of that. And it meant you were giving up. A, yeah, a white flag meant we're giving surrender. Surrendering. Yeah. Yeah. Or a truce. In this case, you'd be truce or a surrender. And they didn't want that. Of and, course. Of and, course. Because they had dominated. Right. Exactly. And so, so he said, even knowing that, he said, well... There goes that. So he gets the canteens, jumps over the wall, and he jumps over there, and the general was right on. He started to get shot at. And bullets are going all around him, and he's running. He's not just walking. He's running. The Union soldier is a little bit away from the wall. It's not like there's a Union soldier just on the other right. side of the wall. Right. I mean, he's a little bit away. and that he starts, So he starts running to these people, kind of you know doing this bob and weave, zigzag. And it looks like an advance, some crazy advance. Yeah, it looks like some guy just got has just got nuts, and he's just running for the wall. I mean, I yeah. mean, it's a battle. You don't know what people are doing, but then right. they see him. He bends down to the first Union soldier, mm-hmm. gets a canteen off, and gives him a drink. And at that point, you can hear the Union side. Uh, people report that some of the Union soldiers were saying, stop shooting, stop shooting. He's giving them water to drink. Right. And so Kirkland goes from... Soldier to soldier to soldier, giving them water to drink. What one account I read of was when the Union started firing. Wow. The Confederates started fighting, and here he is in in between these In the middle. In the middle, and there's bullets flying both ways. And literally, he goes up to this soldier, as Andrew just said, and he puts the man's head on his knee or on his leg. Yeah. Props him up, gives him water, and before he leaves him— he takes his backpack and puts it under his head. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, said he took a coat and covered him. And, um, and, and, and some, some, over some accounts head. say he left a canteen with him. Wow. But he went from pe- person to person. Yeah. And he did this uh, with five canteens, emptied those canteens, goes back, gets more water, comes back, trip after trip, and it stated um, for about 90 minutes. Right. Uh, or so there's a little conflict in the accounts, but that seems to kind of be the general consensus. About 90 minutes, he's doing this. Wow. And hundreds of soldiers were given relief that day. Uh, and many of these soldiers would live from their wounds um, as long as they did not die from dehydration. Obviously, right. if you're wounded, water is the most important thing. And so there's no doubt uh, that some of these soldiers' lives were saved. Hmm. But these were his enemies. Yeah. Again, these are not his soldiers. Yeah. These are the people that were just trying to kill him, you know, five seconds ago. Right. But he's out there 
at risk of his own life just to give them some comfort. Incredible courage. Maybe he remembered a message from his childhood from Romans chapter 12, verse 20. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. Wow. You know? Direct application. Yeah. Even today, you can go back to where he, he was. Yeah. Mary Heights, and they have a statue, and it's literally has him with the canteen, has a soldier's head on his leg, and he's giving him water. He went on to fight, and eventually he was killed in Chickamauga, in the Battle of Chickamauga down Tennessee, mm-hmm. that Chattanooga region. And, uh, but people still remember him as the angel of Mary's Heights. Wow. That sort of rose above the fight right. and saw brothers and uh, stepped forward to serve, right, risking it all. I wonder how many opportunities we pass by every day to do the very same thing. We've got to be aware. We've got to have our heart filled with compassion, the love of God. We've got to step forward in, into a high-risk situation that we're going to be counted the enemy, both by the true enemy and, and our friends, our own team, and, and see something beyond just the immediate fight. Many times the enemy is taken back and really kind of disarmed when somebody does something good. Jesus said, this shall all men know that you're my disciples because of your, uh, you know, because you're so smart, so you're, because you're, you know, the best looking. Because you've got a great big Bible. Because you got a great big Bible. Because None of these sp- things. Scream and yell. Oh my no, 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 no. Love. Your love. One for another. That's how people are supposed to know who we are. Awesome story. Romans 5, 8 really brings our greatest hero out. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We can't forget the humanity of individuals, especially when we disagree with them. Be sure to listen each week and find hope from history. If you know of a story of personal sacrifice or of good old-fashioned patriotism, perhaps something that's been forgotten or gone unnoticed, we'd like to hear about it. Send us a message on social media or visit our website, wakeamericaonline.org. Subscribe, share, and consider partnering with us in prayer.